0: last Sunday night in the month of September and trying to finish up our series in the book of Psalms. And so I think the Go Ye Kids are going out now? Yes. Okay. So, And the rest of us, let us turn to Psalm 23. And uh, I tried to get a count on the number of times we've taken, taken a service to examine Psalm 23, uh, but my search engine was not uh, cooperating properly. It only brought up about half of them. Um, certainly uh, of all the Psalms, Psalm 23 is the best known, the most favorite. Everyone Quotes Psalm 23. If you've been reading your Baptist bread a few weeks ago, there was one uh, uh, devotion that centered on Psalm 23, and it said in there that people read it at funerals and prayers and sometimes very irreverent times. And I'm going, yeah, I've heard people on the news quote Psalm 23 at the most blasphemous times it could be possibly quoted, because... I don't care where you are, who you are, what you've done. If you're an atheist, even if you're an atheist, you still like this psalm. Uh, you go to a funeral home, and it's stock on the back of the little cards they pass out. You can get the 23rd Psalm. You can get the Lord's Prayer. And I'm uh, not sure uh, what else you're going to get. I'll tell you what you won't get is there is nothing by Voltaire. Uh, quoted on the back of the little cards at the funeral home because nobody cares. Uh, Voltaire was the French philosopher who said that he would erase the Bible in his day and people would be quoting him. Well, nobody's quoting Voltaire today, and uh, but we're still reading the 23rd Psalm. And uh, tonight, uh, as I was just finishing this, I said, boy, I'd, I'd like to uh, do something a little different. Philip, saying, now, what, what's the title of the message tonight? I said, uh, the 23rd Psalm in Philadelphia. He said, this is New York. I said, no, no, it's going to be in Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, you'll find out here in just a moment. But let's uh, just start and uh, let's carefully look through this Psalm, all six verses. Follow along as I read it loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And all God's people said. Now turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, if you would. Revelation chapter 3. And we'll start reading in verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, That is, to come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. As I was reading through the 23rd Psalm, different parts of this letter to the church at Philadelphia kept just echoing in my mind. And I just kind of felt like we'd put them uh, somewhat together as maybe a, uh, a little medley There's always uh, 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 parts of the Bible that God means to be put together Sometimes we miss it, but I, I think there's some things here And let's just go back to uh, keep your bookmark or whatever there We'll be coming back to Revelation chapter 3 from time to time But uh, let's go back to Psalm 23 and and just kind of work our way through this wonderful little psalm here. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, I would like to remind you as we start our study, as we go through this, that Psalm 23 is not about the sheep. It's about the shepherd. It is about God. It's not about us. This is one of the problems that we face in modern Christianity is we believe that everything is about us. And I want you to know it's not about you. There are times when God does call us to sacrifice. There are times when God allows us to enjoy the... Uh, the, the beauty of his creation, I think about the little camp that we went up to. We got up there Friday night just as registration was ending and uh, walked right in and got our dinner and then uh, stood out there and looked over the lake where the camp is built. Uh, it had been raining for the last hour of our trip, slowed us down considerably. Then the sun comes up just as it comes out as we're eating and there's a rainbow right down into the lake. Going up through the pine trees and, and just just beautiful. You see, the Lord is our shepherd. And if you want to turn back to Revelation chapter three, look what the Lord does for his church. He that is holy, he that is true. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works, verse 8. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I will need To serve God that he will not supply. That's that's what this verse says. And what did he do for the church at Philadelphia? He said, I know your works. I know that you're not a strong church. But I've set before thee an open door and no man can shut it. And uh, I've often, a little tongue-in-cheek, but very, very seriously... uh, in the, God has given us three doors there that are open in the front. And we, we need to do everything in our strength to understand Open Door Bible Baptist Church is not about meeting your needs and making you feel better about things. Open Door Bible Baptist Church is here to be the body of Christ to be obedient to Jesus Christ, to reach out into this area, yea, all of the world, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of serving together under the shepherd, the head of the church. He's the one that does the work. And oftentimes we just need to stop and ask the question, if the Lord is my shepherd, why do I want so many things? Well, sometimes it's because we're not paying attention to the shepherd. If you stop and think, how many times have you gotten in trouble in this life because you just weren't paying attention? Oh my, I hate to think about that. I didn't even see that stop sign officer, it was there was covered by trees. But it was there. And uh, he came back and he said, your record's clean. I'll give you a warning this time. I'm going, thank you. What I didn't want to tell him is I was looking at your car that was stopped in the middle of the intersection, not at the stop sign. But I didn't say that. I'd have gotten a ticket for sure. Uh, uh, but the point is, how many times are we just not paying attention? The Lord is my shepherd. He has set that open door. Nobody can shut that door for His church. But here's what the Lord does so that we shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I love this. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The shepherd wants and does get his testimony, his people understand about the shepherd from the state of the flock that he keeps. Uh, How many of you have ever had the privilege of driving down some of the Uh, back roads and byways of our country and and you'll get on some of these little dirt paths and uh, half roads and come through there and uh, i think of my uh, he is actually my fifth cousin at least once removed Uh, he's my grandfather's first cousin and so and it works out several different ways there but Anyway, in, in that part of Pennsylvania where my family is from, I mean, it's 26 miles to the closest real stoplight, the one that goes yellow, red, and green. There's a couple of blinking red lights in town, but uh, you only stop if you're going the wrong direction. The main thoroughfare, there's no stopping. You just go right through the intersection. So you have to really read the signs and watch. I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And then you leave the great metropolis of Arvona uh, and go out into the country and all you're seeing is trees and, and, and bush and then and scrub and strip mines and then you pull up to the Johnston farm. The last time I was there, uh, Cam uh, was, uh, I had my wife and several of our children with us and we just stopped by and knocked on the door and said, Hey, I'm Fat Johnson's grandson. Oh they welcomed us in the house and acres I mean it looks to me like fifty acres of well manicured lawn and the white fences running over it and the barn was paint I mean it's just picture postcard. Uh, you go right down the road and there's a strip mine just piles of dirt everywhere no trees things growing out but don't we judge people by what they produce hello we we judge people by what we see don't we Well, right here, the shepherd saying, people are going to judge me by what they see in how I take care of my sheep. Uh, We get to be the sheep. And I, I wonder sometimes how well we reflect on the shepherd because I want to promise you the shepherd is doing his job. You know, sometimes we go through life and we go, wow, I need that restored soul. I just need some of that. Well, I'll tell you what, I got a good dose at the men's advance. It was, it was just some things that needed to be done. And the preacher preached about some things and I'm taking notes. And some of these preachers meetings, they're not just... Uh, uh, Work-related, they're, they're very important because God uses preaching to restore our souls. I'm going to be honest. I'm thankful when somebody says, praise the Lord for the message. Uh, my prayer is that the shepherd's been doing a work in my life that will be a blessing to others. That's what we want. This is, this is what is going on here so that we can be His sheep and not want, so that we can be a part of that body, which is His body, and walk through that door and serve Him in the way that He would have us to serve Him. And by the way, read Ephesians chapter 2, part of eternity is going to be extolling the glory of God In the blessings and the work that he did in the lives of believers. That's what the judgment is all about. Is God is looking at lives and he said, I did this and I did this and I did this. And what are we going to do? We're all going to gather around and cast our crowns at his feet and give glory to God for what he did. Because there is nothing that any of us accomplish in this life, in service for Christ, that... He isn't the one that did it for us, through us, empowered us. Are we still together here? You see, the Lord is my shepherd. His work, so that I won't, uh, so that I will have no need, is to lie down in green pastures. That's talking about food. I hope and pray that you're. Trying, at least trying, to work with your Bible reading schedule. I want you to pray. We've been doing this for quite a few years. I'm working on something in the back of my mind in the midst of all these other things to kind of change that just a little bit. But um, I, I would really encourage us. That's where the green pastures are. But you have to pray. If all you're doing is checking off your Bible reading, you're not going to get very much. But if you're asking the Lord to feed you, He will. He leadeth me beside the still waters. They tell us that sheep will not drink from running water. I don't know if that's true or not. (coughs) Excuse me. But I will tell you this. It's much easier to get your canteen filled in a spring than it is in a moving brook it's much easier to enjoy the the taste and the uh, blessings of that water he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake it's amazing to me that Jesus wants the world to understand how good he is by the work that he does in individual Christian lives and through his church. How patient God is. How little return he often gets for his great investment. But then we get to the next part. And again, I want you to understand uh, verse 4. Is almost a standalone little section in this psalm. He said, The psalmist David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Could I read you Revelation 3, verses 10 and 11? Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold fast that which, uh, hold fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Uh, if you read your prayer list today, Brother Ken McElvoy went into eternity this afternoon. He passed from this life to the next. The uh, uh, we have no idea. Uh, Rose, his wife, was just literally just more than overwhelmed, just trying to make sure that he got at least even decent grade hospital care and hospice care before he passed away. It was very very difficult, and the. The health problems that Ken was experiencing did not make that very easy on miss Rose. It, w- it was a very difficult time and, and uh, I really don't want to give you all the details. Joey and I went down to see them uh, last Saturday and was able Ken was able even to talk to us. He did recognize us for a few minutes and we were able to uh, just talk with him, pray with him, but there was even an episode a few minutes while we were there that was rather uncomfortable for poor Rose. And so I want you to pray as they're making uh, uh, all the arrangements and trying to get things. As soon as we know something, we will let you know. Uh, But that is the valley of the shadow of death. And... The wording here is not by mistake. It's not the valley of death. Because death has no claim. Ken McElvoy gave a testimony of putting faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And though his mind and body were destroyed by disease, and he finally gave up uh, this life and moved into eternity, we know we're going to see him again. And there will be no disease and no infirmity on the other side. We don't have to be afraid. In fact, I've been with some Christians and uh, at funerals, and they say, "Pastor, I'm not not sure. I'm just uh, should I be crying?" And I said, "Not necessarily." I remember when Pastor Thompson passed away, and oh, Brother Clayton, being he was, he said, "Yeah, everybody's sitting around crying. If Roy was here, he'd be screaming." He said he wanted this to be a celebration. He wanted people to sing "I'll Fly Away" and you know. And he was a little upset because nobody was paying attention to what Brother Thompson said he wanted at his funeral. And don't quote me on that, please. Uh, but I just want you to understand something. Sometimes when we stand there at death's door, we we say really dumb things like, "Well, I'm glad it's all over." No, it's just beginning, my friend. The best part is yet to come. To be with the Lord. To walk through that valley. You see, Jesus walked through the valley of death. Amen? Death is the last enemy that will be destroyed. And Jesus is the one that's going to destroy that enemy. And that enemy will be destroyed... When the last unrepentant soul is baptized forever in the lake of fire and brimstone, and then death and hell will be cast into that lake and God will be done with death. And those that have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ are going to begin an eternity knowing that death has been conquered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he promised his church in Philadelphia. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation. I mean, we have people running around talking about a mid-trib rapture of the church or a post-tribulation rapture of the church. Uh, I, I I just have no thought process in my mind, no understanding of Scripture that takes me to that place. Right here, he says, I'm going to keep you from that hour, from that time. Uh, the reference is clear in my mind, if no one else's, that it's talking about that seven-year period of tribulation. It's going to try the earth, and he's going to keep his church from that. You know, we walk around. We're afraid. We're afraid that they're going to do this or that they're going to do that. Wait a minute! The shepherd has been there before us. Amen. The idea that someone could threaten you with taking away your life and demand that you do something that is against the word of God—that—that that should be clearly foreign to our way of understanding life. You see, if God doesn't protect us, who's going to? You think you're going to get it done? Listen, he's already been through the valley of the shadow of death. It says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I would challenge you, read Psalm 119. The rod and the staff are the judgments of God. They're the things that comfort us and keep us in the path and help us understand that what we are doing is the right things, the things that God has directed us. Now, look at verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Again, I want to challenge you. Who's preparing the table? Who has anointed your head? Who has filled the cup to overflowing? Why, the shepherd has. Amen. This psalm is not about you. It's about the shepherd. Now, let's just stop and ask a question. How many of you have been so upset about something that you couldn't eat? Every one of us. The Bible says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Now, this is a very negative illustration of this point, but how many of you remember the story of Belshazzar and the hand that wrote on the wall? The context of that story in Daniel 5 was the Persian and the Median armies... Had been laying siege to Babylon for years at this point, and they couldn't break through the walls. In fact, the engineers of the Persian army had moved upstream of the Tigris, or I'm sorry, the Euphrates River that runs through that did run through the center of Babylon, and they rerouted the river. Now, could you imagine moving the Hudson River? That's what was going on. And the king of Babylon was so secure that he was having a party in the city of Babylon the very night that they opened the dam, moved the river, and took the city. He was so secure in his own sense of security that He said, I'm throwing a party. We're celebrating. They cannot reach us. Now, if a fool can be so confident in something that failed, why can't Christians be confident enough in the Lord to enjoy His bounty even while the world is trying to attack us? It's a different way of living. I'm not telling you I've mastered it, I wish I could. But I'm telling you that the table is set. The food is there. But if we're going to enjoy it, we've got to turn our backs on the enemies and start focusing on the shepherd. Start focusing on the head of our church, the Lord Jesus Christ. And stop paying attention to the devil. People often say, you know, somebody's put a curse on me. Do you remove curses at your church? And I'm always giving the same answer. I said, uh, we're, we're not here for what... We don't have what you're looking for. You see, what you want is someone to pray some little prayer or sprinkle some water or put some oil on something and and, and perform some little perfunctory rite to make you feel better about the situation. I so we don't do that here. We don't play games with God. You see, the table is set for those that believe in Him. I've got to stop paying attention to the world and start paying attention to my shepherd who has already provided everything I need. Amen? And by the way, having your head anointed with oil. Oh, yeah, they do that Benny Hinn every night. Boom. You know, uh, listen, read your Bible. Who had their head anointed with oil? Priests, kings. How many of you have read Revelation chapter 1? Thou hast made us unto our God, what? Kings and priests. The whole world is seeking for something to make them feel special about themselves. Why, why do you think this alphabet community is doing the things that they do? The people that dye their hair 15 different colors and, I mean, uh, tattoos all over the place. Why are people doing Because they want to draw attention to themselves. I'm here tonight to tell you that's not the way it works. We're to draw our attention to Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd of our souls. Amen? The, the shepherd of our church. Here's what he said in Revelation 3, 9. We're going back a verse, actually. It says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Uh, There's just something about me that looks forward to verse 9. When all those false religions, the Pope in all of his robes and those Orthodox uh, priests in their fantastic garb and regalia as they prance around, and they're going to have to admit that their religion was false, empty, and nothing but the traditions of man. You know, so, uh, I've, I've gotten past the point of getting upset when somebody calls me an ignorant, old-fashioned preacher. I'm going, amen. I'm in the right crowd. That's what they said about John the Baptist. I, I, I don't mind being identified with that fellow. How about you? Um, and no, we're not trying for uh, ignorance, you, and all of this stuff. We're, we believe in studying our Bible much more than the world does much more than the false religionists do. We're not afraid of education, but I'll tell you this. He's prepared a table. He's anointed our heads with oil. And if we'll just understand, our cup is running over. How many of you have messed up in your service for the lord this week how many of you committed a sin since last sunday we all have and yet he has given me the right it says that god is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us he's faithful he's always going to be there You know, as long as God gives you life, He has an opportunity for you to serve Him. If that isn't enough to fill your cup, I'll tell you the reason why it leaks. Amen? Uh, It's broke. You've got to get the understanding that these things are already there. This is about the shepherd. The reason we don't enjoy these things is because we're not following the shepherd. We're trying to do it on our own. He's already done it. And that last one, let's get it. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is good. There's not a time when God isn't good. It, it Our service for Him demands... The giving of our bodies, holy, acceptable unto Him, which is our reasonable service. But I'll tell you this. I have never given anything to God that He has not rewarded me graciously for it. I have far more than I deserve. Here's what he told the church at Philadelphia. Him that overcometh while I make a pillar... In the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Now, I don't pretend to understand what all that writing on of names actually entails, but I will tell you this. He said, I'm going to make him a pillar in my temple. You know, I always thought, well, in the kingdom, oh, wouldn't it be neat to be the mayor of New York City in Jesus' kingdom? Oh, that would be... And I said, you know what? This would be a whole lot better. To be stationary and mounted in the temple of God and never have to move again. Right there in the presence You see, this talks about worship. Worship is one of those things that we strive for. But I'll tell you, we don't get there near as often as we think we do. That God wants to call us, not by our names. Now, that's exciting. God knows who I am. That's a wonderful promise. He knows the number of hairs on my head. But more important, he wants to call me by his name. How wonderful is that truth? I'm going to dwell in the house of the Lord. And, you know, in modern English, we have a word forever. But look in your King James Bible, it's two words for ever. You know what ever is? I mean, just stop and think about what ever means. Ever means from this moment without a break. Well, David certainly penned a beautiful little song. And And I hope you're able to see some of the connections I've been trying to make between the letter to the church of Philadelphia because it's Jesus' church. He's the one that's opened the door. It's not our strength. It's His strength. It's not our word or our traditions or our doctrine. It's His doctrine. It is Jesus who is the head of the church. It is His provision. It is His protection. Yes, we're going to have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death because He has already conquered death on the cross. Amen. Yes, there are going to be enemies. But if we'll stop paying attention to the enemy long enough to pay attention to Christ, the table's already been set. All we need to do is turn our back on the enemy and put our full attention on the Savior. He's got things for us. I don't have to do weird things to be somebody special in Jesus mind and heart all i have to do is believe on him and he's anointed my head with oil the greatest problem we face is our sin and he's just and faithful to forgive faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and eternity With the Savior. You see, Jesus has already done the work. Jesus is continually doing the work. He is the Good Shepherd. He wants the world to understand how good He is by the care and the blessings that He provides for us. But so often we're so busy trying to bless ourselves that we miss out on the things that Jesus has already prepared for us. Amen? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever tell you what he's the one that opened the doors he's the one that's going to keep them open he is the one that provides for us he's going to keep us from the hour that comes to try the earth he's going to make the false professors and those that have cursed the truth of God's word and he's going to take us and put us in his temple. And he's going to call us by his name. Far greater thing than calling us by our own name. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you and we ask.